everybody, it's Gabriel Menchaca, and I'm here with my wife, Vanessa. And today we are actually talking about marriage and ministry, uh, specifically in the international pros and cons. So we kind of broke down different areas to really talk about. I think number one is uh, making sure you have a good understanding that you have to communicate. Yes. I think the background, though, for our marriage and our ministry is that we were married and a month later we left to go do missions for what we planned for one year and it ended up being 10 overall but uh yeah so we got married and then when we left it was simply because we weren't renting an apartment we didn't have a lot of debt we weren't really stuck to a lease in any way so we decided that we would go right after we got married and help uh, my in-laws there in Estonia. So we have spent majority of our marriage as missionaries in ministry away from the U.S., and we've only been back in the U.S. like a year and a half. So I think we're more familiar with life, you know, with ministry and marriage being in missions more than being here, you know, working and, and doing what we're doing here in the U.S. Yeah, it's definitely a different lifestyle. And we'll, we'll talk about that next week, but... Um, we, we want to specifically focus on uh, having to communicate or having to know how to communicate and having to know how to communicate well. It's hard. So, yeah, I think initially um, I can reference the one time that we uh, maybe got an argument or something happened and you went to the room or I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what happened, but I just remember you didn't want to talk. And um, I kind of forced the issue of we need to talk. Yeah, because with me and Gobble, if I get upset, I get to a point where I just, I'm okay with not talking about it and kind of just, you know, leaving it alone. And he's very much like, let's work it out. Let's talk about it right here and now. And sometimes it's hard for me because I don't know how to communicate how I feel. And given the fact that we didn't have a lot of friends and family around us, you know, those first, you know, whatever years of our marriage as newlyweds, it was hard for me to um, see, it was hard for me to learn how to do that. But at the same time, I had to learn how to do that very quickly, simply because we didn't have a lot of friends and family around us to kind of guide us in that way. And I think most newlyweds, they have a lot of friends that they can kind of bounce ideas off yeah. of. And I mean, we do too. We can text people on Skype, but it's not the same. So... I really had to put aside my immaturity because that's, you know, in the end, that's what it was and really learn how to express how I felt, even if I was still upset or even if I wasn't ready. I think because we were so far away from people that we're familiar with or close to, uh, we really had to learn quickly how to communicate better. And I think there was a few things that are helpful. Number one, like... Okay, so we were alone. We didn't have... So we had my parents there. But mm -hmm. obviously, and this is advice for anyone, if you're married, try your best to keep your marital issues away from your family. <laughs> because even though, you know, my, my parents are, are pretty uh, solid ministers, you know, they have a good background, they have a good history, uh, they've counseled people, they've done premarital counseling, you know, uh, they've pastored for decades and... And um, in, in different uh, settings, different cultures. But the main thing is this. I'm their son. And bringing an issue with our marriage to them 
is going to have some uh, pretty clear bias. So for anybody that's married, try to not take your issues, your marital issues to your family. And this goes for the people that are in churches that, you know, if you're if you grew up in a church and your dad's the pastor, um, I'm talking to you because your your dad or your mom, their their position to you as a child is going to be like, well, you are their offspring. You matter more than anybody else. So they're probably going to take that side. And on top of that, it, it just is not it's not wise because you don't want to paint any picture um, for them to have of your spouse. So I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a pastor's kid, you're in your parents' church, number one, and this is a side note, you should probably leave. <laughs> Just because I think it's healthy for every pastor's kid to leave their parents' church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just my personal position, opinion, throwing that in there. But um, when it comes to marriage, you should be asking other people, you know, uh, not, not anybody, but people that have good marriages and exhibit it good, healthy, Christ-centered uh, sprinkled and, and understood that it's it's biblically uh, positioned to have a health moving forward and they exhibit that health to everyone around them. So that's important. Okay. The only time I went to your parents about anything is if I was still mad at you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Not, that's different. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing serious. I mean, it was always just fun, lighthearted stuff. But, but it wasn't me going to them. No, yeah, it was me saying, like, you know what your son did. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, like I said, nothing ever serious. I would never take anything serious like that. Do you them. remember the time that, <laughs> Do you remember the time that you had an allergic reaction to, I think there was, like, mold, mold yeah. in our apartment, and you had dark eyes? Yeah, like, I had a really, like, my skin was really irritated, mostly only around my eyes. So, after, like, rubbing them and scratching so much... It, they looked bruised. Um, yeah. It was pretty swollen. bad. Swollen. Yeah, swollen. They were irritated. Uh, the mold was really bad in that apartment. So, his dad had asked me if everything was okay between us. And I remember thinking, <laughs> like, why would he ask that? And he said, Miha, it looks like someone hit you <laughs> in the eye. No, but, like, he was legit serious. Because, like, I remember I went to say, like, I was like, Dad, what the heck? Like, what do you... Like, I was about to say, what are you accusing me of? And he said, be quiet. And then he wanted you to talk. Like, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. He legit thinks like I hit her or something. So anyway, but that that was something. I don't think he thought that. I think he no. wanted to make sure that if anything happened. Yeah. Like, I'm sure your dad knows he wouldn't do that. But no, in the I end, know. he was giving me the opportunity if I needed to, to share, you know, something that maybe he thought I wouldn't have or whatever. But his dad was very much... Um, on my side. Yeah, we, <laughs> if we, we, you know, if there needed to be sides, he was on my side. But of course, I just reassured him that it's the mold in the apartment, and you know, at the time, I was just all, offended. I was well, offended yeah, because I was like, how could he think that I would do such a thing? But it's good to know that you do have, you yeah. know, at least for me, like I have in-laws that if something were ever to go wrong, that they they could separate from he's my son to what's you know the priority here, what really matters, and. Yeah, and I'm just as valuable as, as he is. Yeah, and then I think like um, I, I think for me the the main thing is like we we didn't go to them with with you know arguments or issues we had at home. So it was just kind of a question of like you know hey wait a minute what's going on? That's why I was so offended because I was like wait what the heck? Yeah. Anyway, we were raised to not hit women, and I don't anybody in a domestic violence situation uh, get out get help. 
Um, don't stay in that because it's not it's not good. It's not right. It's not scriptural. It's in no way godly. So get out of that situation. So moving forward, though, uh, yeah, have someone healthy that you're able to go to with your issues. Um, and those, that you both agree on. Yeah, that you both agree on. Yeah, because sometimes a lot of girls can go to their friends. And you might be going to someone who your husband is going to say, I don't trust that person. Oh, yeah. Well, even I think that's, the, yeah, to speak into that area, like I'm not talking about a peer. Because you, if you're going to a peer for marital advice, it may be helpful. But I'm talking about someone who's a decade or more older than you. Yeah, like if you're really looking for someone to actually give you some pretty good advice or direction or just insight or even if you just need to really vent um, definitely yeah. look for someone who has a good track record that you both trust that you know you know because we have people that you know we could have easily gone to but we both at some point maybe like I don't know I don't really like you know this about them or whatever I think it's important that if you're going to go to someone with any issues in your marriage that you both have that agreement of who it's going to be yeah on top of that we had a very good uh, premarital counseling with uh, Raul and Veronica. And so uh, they were very, uh, I don't know, just... Blunt. Yeah, very blunt. Straightforward. It was good. It was good. Um, but yeah, so that set us up to have... Um, that that premarital counseling is huge. It's a big deal. You should do it if you're oh, yeah. planning on getting married because it's a big deal. Yeah, I think too, like one thing that helped us, you know, to begin the marriage with was having premarital counseling. Someone, yes. people or a couple that was going to one, you know, be upfront with us. They were very genuine people. They asked us questions. I think that it was difficult for us to ask each other. Um, they spent time with us and it was nice because there were things, you know, especially going into ministry right away that they brought to the forefront. You know, they kind of said, let's, let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about this because if you guys are going into ministry, if you're going to be missionaries, like as soon as you get married, there's some real questions that you need to ask yourselves. And I thought that was really helpful. If you can find someone that's going to be real and honest with you that you trust, um, it's, it'll only help your marriage. There's no way, you know, that it can do any wrong if you have people that are genuinely interested wanting to help you. Yeah. And so then coming out of all that, the biggest takeaway I think for us was learning to communicate. Mm -hmm. And then in the real world, <laughs> like we, you know, you, you go through the counseling, you go through the, the preparations, but in the real world, you have a situation where you get in an argument, which we did. And I just remember like, um, yeah, your response was like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I'm still like that. I think sometimes. Yeah. I, bad, no, no, yeah. I think, I think now it's just like, I've learned to give it some time and you've learned to gather your thoughts because I think before it was like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not even going to think about it. Whereas for me, it was like, let's talk about it right now. <laughs> like, you're not getting out yeah. of this place until you talk to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, neither one of those are, are good. Yeah, another one. Yeah, because I was, you know, very, like, I guess, confrontational and aggressive in the way of saying, like, let's deal with the issue right away. Um, just because I was used to that. And then, um, uh, yeah, you were very, like, I don't want to talk about it. But I think, it's a, I think it's a common thing between marriages in general. Like sometimes there's that one person that needs time to just, you know, think about it and, and kind of relax. And then they can come back and have like a, 
a good, healthy conversation. And then there are people that they want everything right then and there, all the answers, all the reasons why. And, and good. And we've been married for eleven years now, and I've never had Gabriel yell at me. He's never raised his voice at me. We've never had screaming matches. We've never had anything like that. And I think I'm very grateful because, you know, we were alone a lot of our marriage in the beginning. You know, we spent a lot of time by ourselves and it could have very easily went the wrong way. And I think what was important and why it didn't was because the both of us were very open, we were very honest. And like I said, when we needed to, we did talk to people about certain issues that came up or if we had questions, especially when it comes to ministry, because we had done ministry. Oh, we were both in ministry before we got married. We were in the same ministry, but we also did our own thing. Um, like, yeah, I don't know, he worked with the youth, I worked with little kids. He had a band, that was his ministry, and um, I I worked with basically just kids in, in the church. But we had ministry away from each other. Yeah. And then to join identities ministry. Identities Yeah. And then to join in marriage, and then to join in the same ministry, we have the same vision, the same goals, it was definitely like a learning curve. Yeah, and I think too, like the the being alone thing was helpful in the way that I, I have seen this, especially in Hispanic or Latino communities. You have a marriage, and in the minute something goes wrong, one of them goes home. One of them goes and like I'm going to my mom's house. I'm going to my dad's house, you know. And then like they go sleep on the couch. They and their family like enables that behavior and and then friends like and I'm not putting you down if you've been divorced or putting you down if you're single but like the it's it's sometimes hard to hear the advice given to a married couple from someone who's been through an ugly marriage cuz it's like oh forget them you know like who needs them or, or you know it's like it, it's just a negative like position that they hold and they want you to be included into that. And so like I feel like us being separated from all those people, every single person that we would even hear something negative from, <laughs> we literally did not have anybody to go to. Like it was like if she got mad, you know, if you got mad, you couldn't go to your mom's. You know, my parents were there, but there would be no way they would let me go to their place <laughs> if we got in like a big fight or anything like that. So. Yeah, one of the, yeah, so I think what sticks out about our marriage specifically is that we left the country a yeah. month after we got married. Yeah. So most couples that we know, our friends, they never did that. They stayed local, they stay at home, maybe they moved to another state, but we left the country. So for us, a lot of the stuff that our friends learned maybe, you know, in a few years, we had to learn a lot quicker simply because we were you know, in a sense on our own. Yeah. And not only that, we were doing ministry that for me, I had never been a missionary before. I had never even left the state. So Gobble had been to that country. He kind of already knew what was going on. He knew some of the people in the church already. I came in completely new, completely fresh. And it's important that when you're doing that, if you get married and someone joins what you're doing, that you have patience with them, that you allow them to learn you give them time to kind of realize and figure out what their role is because especially when you have a spouse it changes you know when I went to the church the people that were there before they knew Gobble as like this single guy that was visiting his parents 
And then he comes back again and he's married and here's his wife and who is his wife? Who is she? And so I had to, you know, kind of build my own relationships with these people away from Gobble. And he had to give me time to do that. I wasn't going to jump in right away. And I wasn't, you know, close friends to these people right away. And so in that same way, you know, there are times when if you're going to join somebody in ministry that you learn to communicate those things as well. Like, Gobble, I don't I don't know these people. I don't want to hang out with them all the time because I'm still learning you. I'm still learning them. I'm still learning the whole country. I have no idea what chicken is. Um, you know, it's hard to find milk in the store. Like it can get frustrating, especially in the beginning because I'm trying to be his wife. Um, but we're also missionaries. So, um, there's just so many things that for our marriage, we had to learn right away and we had to learn all at once. And I think too, like, um, and this may sound a little bit like, well, what's he trying to say? Or I don't know, like, I don't want to say chauvinist, but I think we both knew our roles. Vanessa wasn't trying to, and this is for everybody listening. I don't, I never felt like she was trying to dominate me. <laughs> like to, to like say I'm in control or I'm in charge or, and I don't, I hope I didn't. Well, I don't, I never, I feel like I didn't and I could be wrong, but I don't think I ever gave that vibe or did that to you. Right. I don't think you like, that was a normal thing, but I think I think sometimes when we disagreed, you kind of like asserted your, like your decision was gonna be the way we did it. Yeah, and 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 to speak into that, you had to allow that. Yeah, and not in a way where I wasn't being heard, but I mean, you both can't be right. <laughs> so, in any case, you know, one of you is gonna have to either back down or you're going to have to find a compromise. And so the hard thing is deciding whose way is the most beneficial for everybody. And it does mean that like sometimes you do have to back down. And then like as Christians, I do feel like, well, I do know that Gabriel is leading me as a husband. Like he's responsible to lead our family. And a lot of times I you know, I think I did feel like I need to assert myself more because maybe he's not listening to me or um, maybe I just didn't know some things. Like I said, when I came into the marriage, I didn't come in with this background in missions. I didn't come in with the background that was similar to, so I was still learning a lot, but I think, you know, at times maybe I did feel like I want to be heard. So I'm going to, you know, really fight for this, and, this and I, idea, but. But I think a lot of people like, okay, so people either really got like, offended or excited right there because <laughs> um let me say this though to all the men i would say to you first you have to have righteous behavior and integrity because some of you guys are morons and you're acting like you should be leading and you shouldn't because you can't even lead yourself and then you get married and it's a it's a it's chaos. Your wife can't trust you. So you're trying to lead your home and it's frustrating because she doesn't want to listen to you, but you've never exhibited a character that says like like you can trust me. Like you you know what I mean? Like that's that's a big deal. As a man, as a guy, as a dude, you have to own that. You have to act like a leader in order 
for someone to trust you as a leader. And I think like for me, I would say this, like I can confidently say like to about in front of my wife that I've never exhibited behavior that was like contrasting or like it was two-faced or hypocritical. Um, I can say that confidently because I know that's not me. If I'm being a jerk, <laughs> yeah. uh, like she, you know, she knew I was being a jerk. Uh, she would call it out, you know, this and that. So it was just clear, black and white. And I would say to all the men that, you know, that are listening, like, like take that, man. Own that. If you're going to lead your home, uh, lead righteously. Lead from the place of truth, not out of hypocrisy, not out of a place where it's like, you know, you, you're, you get a paycheck and you go spend it all on clothes. Like, it's come on, dude. Like, take care of your family. Put the things in priority. Uh, your wife will trust you when you act like you can be trusted. And so... I think just just to for all the guys that were like, oh, see, you better listen to me. Like, you know, that's uh, in my head. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of guys were like, see, I'm, I'm going to show this podcast to my wife. And it's like, yeah, we'll listen to it all. And then on top of that, for all the um, all the ladies that feel like Vanessa maybe said something that was like, oh, I'm just going to submit and be quiet. Not at all. First off, I, I, I believe in strong women. I believe that you should have a backbone, that you should speak up, that you should have an opinion, that you should uh, be available to have even a debate if you feel like you, like I always told Vanessa this and I think she got frustrated a lot of times with me and <laughs> she's looking at me right now trying to figure out what I'm gonna say. So I would say this, I feel like I'm right. Convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> And, and like, oh this God. is the thing. Um, what I was saying was like, I, like, I'm convinced that I'm right in this, making this decision, but I want to hear it. Like if you, if there's valid reasons and you're, you're saying like, no, that's a bad decision. This is why I want to hear that. And honestly though, I think that did help because I feel like at that point she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit him with something. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, he's not making the best decision. And most of the time, yeah, it was true. I was like, okay, we do need to change that. Okay, she's right on that. And in that same way, I had to make sure that if I was going to not challenge his authority, like not in that way, but if I was going to step in and say, wait a minute, I don't agree with that, that I was also coming from a place where I was thinking what's beneficial for everybody or what's the healthiest decision and make sure that I wasn't pushing my own agenda. And most pushing, biblical decision. Of course, yeah. That everything that we were doing, it was for the benefit of the church or just our relationship in general as Christians. And so I had to also make sure that I was fighting for the right thing. That I wasn't just fighting for myself. And that's difficult because you really have to look at why, you know. <clears throat> I had to make sure that I was going to question his decisions, whether it was in ministry or with our home that I was questioning it for the sake of everybody, for whether it was the church th- church things or our family things, that if I was going to challenge and interject, that it was going to be for the sake of everybody, not just for myself. That I wasn't trying to get my way uh, and interrupt, you know, whatever flow that was going on or whatever decisions that he had been making. And it's hard because you really do have to, you really have to be mature to make decisions like that and to have discussions like that. And it wasn't something that we learned right away. That's still something I think that I still have to remind myself that if I'm going to disagree, why am I disagreeing with the decision that he's making or a direction that he feels he should go or that we should go as a family or even as a church? Yeah. And I think too, a lot of it was like, um, like I said, it goes back to really your personal walk. Uh, I think because most of the decisions that were any major decisions 
we both felt like we were on the same page. Yeah, I think like... Like I didn't make it and then say like, listen, or convince me why I'm wrong. I think the major disagreements were... I mean, they were legit and valid like disagreements. And I'm not saying like we both were wrong, we both were right. But I think like there are times when we... We both have like valid reasons of why we're saying, you know, what you disagree or anything like that. And another thing is it it doesn't necessarily matter what kind of upbringing you had. Because I think a lot of times you do fall back on the thought of, well, I never saw this in my family or my parents never did that. Well, I think but I would interrupt to say I disagree with that. But I think I know where you're going with it. Because, like, the statement in itself, I feel like, no, it, it matters a lot. Well, yeah. Like, obviously, like, your family life and how you grew up has a huge... I Influence. mean, it's like... Well, yeah. It's like where you start. It's like the foundation of who you are in that, you and, know, and that's relationship. The, but that's the example of marriage you see. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not something that you can't change. It's not something that you can't get past and it's not something that you can't learn from because if anything at this point, you know, I think of my parents and you know, they were divorced when I was about 16. So I just think of like all the things that I saw that I don't want in my marriage. And you know, I love my parents. They're great. But I think any marriage has things that your children see that they may like or may not like. Even with my son, he may hate that we watch The Amazing Race almost every night. (laughs) Every And he might say, like, I'm never doing that with my wife. But, you know, just for example, like, there are things that I think you can take from your parents, whether it's good or bad, and... Learn from. Learn from that, yeah. Yeah, And and then, too, I think it goes also the other direction, that just because you grew up in a good home where you saw a good, healthy marriage doesn't automatically make you a good spouse. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have everything all together. Yeah, because then, like, I know some people who had really good examples of marriage around them, and they're horrible spouses. And, um, yeah, so, okay, but this is kind of like a good segue into not letting ministry intertwine with marriage. Yes. So, not being defined by ministry as a couple. Yes. For example, uh, you know, here's Gabriel and Vanessa missionary Gabriel and Vanessa, missionary family, missionary couple, missionary this, missionary that. That was not our definition. It is not our definition. We were not defined by that. It was not something that made us like, um, oh, well, that's who we are. We're missionaries. Like we went <laughs> because we, this is what the Holy Spirit was put in, put in our hearts and said, and we said, okay, we're going to obey it was a crazy move that I do not recommend to anyone unless you know, like, you know that you heard from the Lord. Because, I mean, man, like, it was just a very crazy move. Like, we said, okay, let's trust God. Let's do it. Now, with that being said, like, that's what defined us. It was the obedience and trust in our Heavenly Father, like our faith. That was our definition. What we stepped into as a ministry role is not the definition. Yeah, and it's hard to recognize that if you're not looking for it or if someone doesn't question it. And because I didn't grow up in the fellowship that my husband did, a lot of our differences came because of that. 
there are things that maybe he had learned along the way that I thought, why do you do that? Like, why is that something that's normal for people to do? And so for me, I didn't like the thought that I was known as a missionary first. And I think that sounds bad, but I wanted to make sure that people knew that I was me first, that, you know, I had, um, value aside from the ministry. And then that kind of played into our marriage. Our marriage has value and meaning away from the ministry because at this point, like I said in the beginning, we only planned to go out there for a year. And we didn't realize, I mean, we didn't know at the time that we would end up spending the first decade of our marriage as missionaries. And it's been great and awesome. And we're happy that that season, you know, has shifted and we're now in in, in California. But it was really difficult to separate ourselves from that. And one example was that when we had our date nights or day dates or whatever we did to get away just for the both of us, we had to like consciously make the decision to not talk about church stuff. Yeah, which was difficult. It was really hard because we were so used to planning things, especially pastoring the church, planning things, going over the weekend, what do we have coming up, who's coming over. And like I think so many times we had to just stop ourselves and say, nope. Talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, because it was it was hard, man. Because it's literally what we did full time. If you've never like, if you've never thought of that, I would say like try it. Try it for one day with your with your husband, your wife. Go a whole day. Do not talk about church stuff. And I feel like for some people it sounds wrong, but what we're trying to say is that your marriage can survive without a ministry. And your marriage is not centered around the ministry. Your marriage can survive away from your church. Your marriage can survive away from your friends, your pastors. Your marriage is something that has its own foundation and it's totally worth learning how to separate yourself from that work that you're doing. So I would definitely say like, if you've never thought to do that or if it's something that's a whole new concept to you, do it, do a whole day, do a whole day with your spouse. Don't, don't talk about anything with ministry. Don't talk about your outreaches or the service or the online. Don't talk about other churches. Don't talk about church in general. Talk about God all you want. Don't talk about church. Don't talk about ministry. But but the sad thing, and I and and maybe this sounds a little bit salty, I mean, but uh, the sad thing is that there was a reality that when you're um, functioning in a certain capacity in a ministry role, uh, relationships are built around that. Unfortunately, like because it, it is pretty evident that like those relationships that were built around that they don't last once you're outside of that role. Like you, you have friends and relationships that, you know, it was like, oh man, this missionary couple. And then like, you know, you hear a lot of very positive things, encouraging things, and it's good. And and I'm not saying that's bad, but what happens is then when you are no longer in that role, a lot of those relationships are going to stay there in that place of ministry. And the reason why I would say prioritize those those date nights, those days where you don't talk about ministry is because if your ministry falls apart, if your ministry ends, if it closes, if for whatever reason things have to just not go that way anymore, all you have left is your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say this, I guarantee you, I guarantee you this, some of you who are in ministry full time don't know how to talk to your wife. Or don't know how to talk to your husband about anything outside of ministry. 
because it's so it's so intertwined with your your marriage that you don't know how to have a conversation just with each other anymore. Like that's that's just a reality. And I think like what I'm trying to say is prioritize your marriage in that relationship and make it centered around you two as a couple versus you two as a ministry like partnership or something or leaders of something yeah yeah and i think when we moved back to la it just it was just so evident how busy people are in their churches and that's a great thing i totally get it however i mean all you do is church stuff like and if you're going out on a date you're going out with church people yeah, and your like friends and it's just like counseling session it's something. like people don't know how to be alone yeah and couples don't know how to just be alone together and you're not used to it which i get because you have to work and this yeah you get busy with church and ministry but we've spent like i said the first decade being alone so we really learned how to just enjoy each other's company which was know. a very good thing and i and yeah. I, I would say like every couple man if they could learn that I think they, they get something that is um, just, you, you can't put a price on it. Yeah, I think it really does benefit the foundation of your marriage and the foundation of everything that you do as a couple. Like yeah. any ministry that you decide to do later on, you're going to have a great start. You're going to have a great time because your marriage is, is safe in a way. You know, like you you know each other, you, you've had time to be alone, you've had time to talk about other things. And you know how to separate that from the ministry itself. Yeah, you should be able to pull away from a position or ministry title and it not affect your marriage. Yes. Yes.